Grace, mercy, and peace be unto you from God, our Father, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Now after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose, and have come to worship him. God makes known his glory in Jesus. It's an epiphany, or more literally, a theophany, a divine revealing made known in this child named Jesus. The star was pointing magi to him. That's what the magi saw as they visited the young child and then fell down and worshipped him. An epiphany was before their eyes. God was in the flesh dwelling among his people. Jesus, the prophet, priest, and king, who is the Christ, God himself, come and redeeming his people as the prophets long foretold. And so St. Matthew goes on to write, he said, when Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, in Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people, Israel. So here Herod's priests and scribes proclaimed the scriptures. They spoke what is known as God revealed it in, in through his word, the Old Testament. So here was an epiphany before Herod as the Christ was manifested. But when God is made known, when he's revealed, it's not always a welcome thing. King Herod was a wicked man and has his plans and plots were anything but good. When it's revealed to him about this, what did he want? He wanted Jesus dead. It wasn't to say he fully believed what was said about Jesus, but Herod didn't want anyone to threaten his rule, which was already shaky, already in question. Now, from this text, we can see that at least he saw this connection between the ruler of the king of the Jews and the Christ. Many thought the Christ would be a political leader who would deliver them from their earthly rulers. So Herod, an earthly ruler, saw some connection at least and wanted to make sure this boy wasn't the one to do it. He knew enough to consult the scriptures, or at least those who studied it, to see what all of this was about. Something was happening and he wanted to know, albeit for evil things. And he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with it. Now one way you could translate or see that all Jerusalem troubled with it is not necessarily that Jerusalem was troubled that the Christ was born, but they were troubled with Herod being troubled. When mom or dad is angry, you don't want to poke the bear. The Magi, though, they have other intentions. They've seen the star appear miraculously in the sky. It wasn't some alignment of planets like we had recently. The Greek texts make it very clear that this was a singular thing. It was a singular celestial being that simply appeared. Now, the most likely the Magi would have known the night sky well. They probably had some training or some knowledge of astronomy. And they took note when something showed up out of nowhere when this happens again later in the reading as well. They notice something's different about this star. 
Something was being known to them, and this was no ordinary event, nothing they saw coming on the horizon, literally. The word becoming flesh, born of the virgin, is no ordinary thing either. So it's not hard to believe that God would create a miraculous sky in the pier out of nowhere. When you think about God being in the flesh, making a star appear, that's a pretty easy thing to do. So the Magi saw this event, and they wanted to see what this was all about. So they went in a spirit of seeking understanding. And they think this is the king of the Jews. So where do you stop to see the king of the Jews? Jerusalem. And that's where these two parties meet. The Magi, however many there were, it doesn't say. There's just more than one. That's all we know about the Magi. It's plural. And King Herod. So you have these two groups. Both wanted to see what was being revealed. Both wanted to know. One, the Magi, would end up falling down in humility before the child. The other, Herod, well, he would end up sending his men to kill innocent children in order to try to keep his throne. And so we're told Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. So in this encounter, we know Herod lied to the Magi. That's what sin and unbelief do in order to get its way. Because if you know the truth, the truth is unchangeable, and it's inconvenient to your cause, you don't like it, well, just lie. Manipulate. Get what you want in whatever means possible. It happens all the time. The Magi, though, they wanted to see the truth and behold it, or rather, him face to face. So after listening to the king, they went on their way, and behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed to their own country by another way. So God made known that the baby born in Bethlehem, and now as a young child, it's a word for child here, is the savior of the world. On Epiphany, that's what God proclaims to you. So here are these magi, these Gentiles, they're pagans, they're outside of God's people. They're on the one hand who followed the star, they're informed by God's word, they listened to God's word, they went to where Jesus was sitting with Mary, his mother. And on the other hand, you have Herod, who's the ruler of the Jews, who knew the Christ was being revealed, but he didn't rejoice. Rather, he schemed. And he killed children. Both had God's word. It was preached to them. But they each had entirely different responses. And this is where there's first a little bit of a rebuke to us now. Sometimes it takes someone from the outside in order to tell us to see what we have been given. Jesus was sent to the Jews, his own but his own received him not. We, the people of God, have such a great treasure in the church of what the Lord gives, yet we want something else or we don't want 
to go where Jesus is and receive what he gives. Rather than go to where God is leading and showing us to where he is to be found, we're tempted to want to wander off on our own, not going where God leads. Christmas is nice, and we sing about the baby born in Bethlehem, but then like a Christmas morning toy that has worn out its novelty or breaks after the five minutes because it's cheap and made in China and nobody really knows how to fix it, we soon forget the great gift we have. Or we try to silence out the truth which has been proclaimed to us. We want to move on to something else. But you know, you look at the lengths we go to in our lives and in our world when it comes to snuff out the light of Christ, which is made known to us. Look at how much we try to plan out our lives in a way that lives contrary to God, reveals to us in his word. Look at the links that we will go to in order that we don't want to face the truth of who God is and what he teaches. Look at the blessing we have in the church of God and the peace that only Christ can give us through his word and sacraments. And yet we fill so many places where God does not promise to be found to give us forgiveness, life, and salvation. And then where he is to be found in churches, they grow empty and close. Or look at the world and what great links nations, rulers, authorities will do in order to thwart the work of God, to try to silence the voice of the church, of preachers, of Christians. Look at how something so precious as the gift of life in the womb is sacrificed, as we, even as we speak right now at the altar of family planning, choice, convenience, and then we rationalize our decisions and think we know better than what God has made known. Epiphany to the world, to our fallen flesh, and to the devil is something to be despised because it forces us to face the fact that we sit in darkness and we need the light to lighten our lives lest we are consumed and we perish forever and are thrown into the outer darkness. So looking at this reading from Matthew's Gospel, who do we see as our example? The Magi or Herod? One ends up standing before life incarnate. The other ends up in death. So an epiphany is here. God is revealed. He's revealed in Christ. And his light shines upon you. Sinners need Jesus each and every day. It's a mystery to be sure that God would take on human flesh and blood in order to be the savior of the world, but this is what he has truly done in Christ. Unless we grow apathetic, lazy, or hostile toward Jesus, the Lord preaches to us through his word. As we see these magi that came from a great distance, this is before cars, in order to see the king of kings. Jesus was made known to them. So they went to where Jesus was to be found, like the shepherds did, as we heard at Christmas time. So God's light is calling you to fall down before him in repentance, to see the mercy he has upon you. Because in your life, the world is darkened by sin, by misery, by death, destruction, by the devil prowling around like a roaring lion. But it's in the midst of that darkness that Jesus entered into this world and shines forth the light of eternal life. And he says in return, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. He's the one who says, cast your sin, your cares, your fears, and doubts aside, and find in me forgiveness, consolation, peace, light. That's what he makes known to you now, as you behold your Lord, as you meet him now, not in the arms of Mary, but as you hear his word and receive his sacraments. So Epiphany is a wonderful day for the Christian church. It's one of the highest holidays in the Christian church year. And she gives to God thanks for this infinite mercy and grace that's been shown to the nations, to all people, this all-encompassing work of his perfect life, his atoning death, that he has accomplished salvation. He's done it, and it's preached by his glorious resurrection. So as you sit here today, your Lord comes. He's made known to you. His light shines upon you and says, Arise, shine, your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. For behold, darkness shall cover the earth, and thick darkness the peoples, but the Lord will rise upon you, and his glory will be seen upon you. That's who your Lord is. The same Lord adored by these magi, the Lord who shines his glory and light upon you. So we rejoice this day. The epiphany is time for joyous rejoicing. You've been called out of the darkness and into his marvelous light. And now your light is lightened. Your life is lightened by Christ, who is the light of the world. And not even death can darken your life because you belong to Jesus. So fear not and find rest in the one who is your redeemer, who's redeemed you by his blood so that you're forgiven, that you're a holy people, a holy nation. So what an epiphany this is to know God in the flesh as he has revealed himself to you And as he continues to manifest or make known to you in your life as you hear his word and receive his sacraments, your life in Christ as a baptized child of God is an epiphany lived out in this world until that day when you will see the Lord unveiled in glory. That future epiphany will be a glorious day that will never end where all the saints fall down before the Lamb on his throne, where they rejoice in his salvation where he will be your shepherd, where the light will not fade away, where he has given you eternal life and rest fully and freely. So epiphany now, epiphany to come. But the same Lord, who is first and last, the end and the beginning, to him alone be the glory now and forever. Amen.